Hey everyone, KeepToTheCity.com has partnered with the Alleyway Sports Bar on the Upper East Side for Rangers viewing parties this season. Come to the Alleyway Sports Bar located at East 70th Street between 1st and York this Thursday, January 15th at 7pm to watch the Rangers and Bruins and enjoy drink specials including $30 cash for open bar for the entire game. Head to the Alleyway on Thursday night or visit KeepToTheCity.com slash Rangers Party for more information. You're listening to the Keep to the City Podcast. Here's Neil Keefe. All right, so the Rangers are finally back east, uh, finally back in New York after they uh, ripped through the Western Conference, which didn't seem really plausible, uh, at, at least you know going into things. But then the way they played against Anaheim, L.A., and then San Jose to wrap things up makes you think that maybe uh, the Rangers can get back to where they were last summer, back in June against the Kings. And here to join me today with the Rangers and the Islanders uh, battling for the first time in a couple months on Tuesday night is Mike Carver, a producer from WFAN and also the host of the Butch Goring Show on the Hockey This Week radio network. Carver, how's it going today? Neil, it's great. Uh, always good to talk to you. And, of course, if I'm talking to you, that means that we have a big Islander Ranger game ready to go. So... It's always fun, brother. <laughs> you sound a little extra pumped today, and I don't know if that's because uh, Rangers Islanders are on tap or uh, the Buffalo Bills have Rex Ryan. So I don't. <laughs> you, you seem to be equally as pumped with that. Uh, you know what? I'm pretty happy about it. Since you brought up Rex, he wasn't my first choice, but uh, I think that uh, second job for Rex, he's bringing a competent offensive coordinator with him up there. And you know what? He's got a chance to stick it to the Jets and the Jets fans twice a year. That's always good. And all he has to do now is go to the playoffs once, and he's a hero up in Buffalo because they haven't had the playoffs in 15 years. So, yeah, I'm, uh, i got a couple things going. It's nice. You know, I've had such a, a rough 10, 15, 20 years with the Bills and the Islanders. It's nice to finally have some uh, sunshine for once. I was going to say, you know, it must be, you know, be a bad spot to be in at this point with the Bills and Islanders, but at least you, you, you are on the Yankees' side, so at least you have them to bail you out. <laughs> I've always got the pinstripes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing with Rex, I just, you know, it just seems like uh, he's running into the same situation almost that he had with the Jets. Yeah, I've heard that a lot over the last 48 hours. But I'll say this, he's got a lot more talent in Buffalo than he's had in the last three or four years with the Jets. And as far as the quarterback goes, I know E.J. Manuel, uh, first-round pick two years ago, he's only started 14 games. And he was tutored by Doug Marone and Nate Hackett, who showed that they really don't know anything about offense the two years they were in Buffalo. So, let Greg Roman, who is the best offensive coordinator that Rex, Rex didn't have a guy like Greg Roman with the Jets any of his years. Let's see him get a hold of EJ. Maybe they, and who knows who becomes available in the quarterback market. I've said for the last few weeks I would drive Jay Cutler to Buffalo if I had the chance. Um, is Sam Bradford going to get released? Who knows? I think this is going to turn out to be a very good situation for Rex. Well, uh, I saw the uh, the tweet you had where everyone was sort of you know getting on the move and, and those who were uh, negative about it. And you say you know wait to see how you know next year when they play the games. And that's the thing that sucks is that when you get a move like this and the current season's still going on and you got to wait you know eight more months for your situation to start to play out. It's kind of it's kind of a dagger because it's such a long ways away. And, and even though it's nice in that you know, the Bills finally have a situation uh, for the future. It does kind of suck that it's so far away for the next season. Yeah, that part is tough because i got to listen to Jet and Giant fans for the next eight and nine months talking about how this is going to be the bad thing for Rex. Let's face it, Neil, there's only two groups of people 
that are saying that this is a bad move for Rex. It's Jet fans who don't want to lose to him, and it's Giant fans who still hold a grudge with Rex because of that stupid this is a Jet Town comment <laughs> that he made a few years back. And you know that, and that was a stupid thing for Rex to say. We know that the Giants are the superior team to the Jets in the New York City and New Jersey area, but that's why Giant fans don't like Rex for that comment alone. So those you know, are the two groups of people that say this is a bad move. Well, uh, well, with the Rangers and Islanders meeting on Tuesday, and it does have a little extra feel, and it's good to have these games, and it's good that this rivalry is back because in an 82-game season where, um, you know, there's so much going on over the course of the season, you there's only really a handful, maybe, you know, a little more than that games that you can get really, really excited for and has that playoff intensity, that playoff atmosphere. And when it comes to Rangers-Islanders, I mean, this is the biggest game between these two teams in, in what seems like forever because their only other matchup earlier this season uh, where the Islanders won – at that point, we didn't really know what either team was going to be, and the Rangers were playing with sort of a makeshift roster, at least defensively back then. But when it comes to Tuesday night, I mean, this is the biggest these, the biggest game and the best these two teams have been in, I mean, it seems like forever at this point. Yeah, this is without question the biggest game in a long time. Uh, I actually did the show with Butch Gore earlier today, and we talked with Franz Nielsen, who's the longest tenured Islander on the team, and we asked him the same question, you know, does this feel like the biggest Islander Ranger game since you've been here? The only one he could recall as big was, I guess, two years ago at the end of the year when the Islanders and Rangers both were, both were going to make the playoffs. Uh, the year the Islanders lost to the Penguins in the first round, they played a game in late March where he said that you could tell the feeling in the building that the Islanders and Rangers both had good teams. But let's be honest, like you just said, over the last 10, 15 years, uh, this is... You know, and listen, it's the middle of January. There's a long way to go. There's a half a season, but the Rangers are the hottest team in the NHL. They've won 13 out of 14. Ranger fans will tell you they are the best team in the NHL, but they're still sitting five points behind the team that's in first in the Metropolitan Division, and that's the Islanders. Amazingly to say that, this is the biggest Islander Ranger game in a very long time. And you mentioned uh, who's the best team in the NHL. Are you part of this Islanders movement, the uh, the people that constantly are calling the Islanders now the best team in New York? Oh, uh, stop. I, I was hoping that you were going to bring this up, Neil, <laughs> because uh, honestly, I am one of these guys that cannot stand all the garbage about who the best team in New York is. Uh, Ranger fans that will tell you we're the big brother, we're the best team, you're always looking up to us. The Islander fans will give you that we've got more cups in this many years, and yada, yada, we're in first place. Who the hell cares? It's not about being the best team in New York. It's about being the team lifting the big silver trophy at the, in the end of June. You know, that's what it's all about. I don't care about being the best team in New York. I care about being the best team in the NHL. Not saying the Isles are Rangers are both going to win a cup this year, but that's the end goal. And, and I understand it's fun for the fans, and, and for Islander fans... They're into this because it's been so long since they've had a chance to do this. And it's exciting for them. They're in first place at the, in the middle of the season, and they want to try to give it to Ranger fans. And then the Ranger fans are going to give it back to them. But I think, Neil, that the movement is stupid. I don't think that, uh, you know, who knows who the better team is. How do you judge it? Islanders are one and all against the Rangers this year. But the Rangers will tell you half our team didn't play that night. You know, every, everybody's going to have an excuse for whatever happened. If the Islanders go and beat the Rangers tomorrow night at the Garden, does that mean they're the best team in New York? Well, they'd be seven points up on them in the division, and they'd be 2-0 and against them. I guess if you want to go by hard numbers for this season alone, 
I guess you have to stand out of the corner, right? <laughs> no, I guess you would, and, and I think the thing with uh, Islanders fans using that phrase, and I don't really care for it, but I know that you know people have made a big deal about it. And uh, the th- the thing is, for you know, basically my entire life, the Islanders haven't really been relevant, and I think that. I, I never really held a grudge against them, and I know that there was a rivalry dating back to uh, when I was little or before I was born. And the thing is, I, I've always been more anti-Devils and anti-Islanders for me, but now that the Islanders are good and now that their fans are starting to chirp and getting into it and, and you know, they're starting to court, come to the forefront where they haven't been in a while, I, I'm starting to hate Islanders fans, I have to say. <laughs> come on, well, listen, like you said, they have history. We know that. They've been rivals forever. Uh, Islanders kind of... Stamping their, uh, you know, their, their, them joining the NHL with the playoff series win in 75, which has been brought up a lot over the past week with the passing of J.P. Parisi. The Rangers knocking the Islanders out in 79. And let's face it, the last time they played in the playoffs was, as we know, 1994. And the Rangers with, uh, listen, you know, the Islander fan will tell you the Edmonton Rangers, whatever the hell you want to say, the Rangers wiped the floor with the Islanders in the 94 playoffs. And listen, they haven't played a playoff series in 20 years. It's going to end this year, Neil. We're going to get a new chapter of Islander Ranger playoff uh, lore, and then we're really going to see. If the Ranger Islander fans do want to do this, who's the best in New York? You're going to find out this year. I don't care about regular season games. I don't care about who finishes first, second, or third in the Metropolitan Division. I care about when the two of them get on the ice in April or May. Play a seven-game series, that's when we're going to find out who, if you want to call it, the best team in New York is. Well, you know, you mentioned that we're going to get that. We're going to get that series. And right now, you know, the best chance of that would be the first round and have them finish two and three in the division and have the Penguins finish first. And, and maybe that doesn't happen, and then it will sort of screw things up because of the way, you know, you go, you can go out of division and play the wild card. But for me, if the Rangers, I mean, I don't care, and the NHL doesn't matter because in this day and age where home ice advantage isn't what it used to be and all the rinks, you know, look and are designed exactly the same, you can't really even tell the difference, and all the ice is the same, the home the home ice advantage is, is sort of dead, and to me, if the Rangers are the you know the the one in the Metro or they finish in the second wild card, it doesn't really matter to me because just getting in is all that matters. But when it comes to this rivalry, I do want them to meet, and I I think we need that Rangers Islanders first round. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Boston Montreal on the other end in the first round. Yeah, I want to see it. I think it's going to happen. I don't care if it happens in the first round or it happens in the second round. I think it will happen. They'll either finish second or third and play in the first. I think if one of them wins the division and the other one finishes second or third, they can both get out of the first round, and then they can play there. The problem is, you know, both fan bases, I think, a good part of them, are scared of this. The Ranger fans are scared because they don't want the Islanders to knock them out of the playoffs because they'll hear about it forever. The Islander fans are just as scared because they don't want the Ranger fans to say that they shut down Nassau Coliseum. This, of course, being the last year out there at the old barn. And you brought up home ice advantages, Neil. And I agree with you for about 25 out of the 30 arenas in this league. And I I do still feel, being there for the Penguin Series two years ago, being there for the Toronto Series back in 0102, I still do feel... There's a slight advantage if you walk into a full Nassau Coliseum with the place going crazy. I think there still is a little bit, little bit of, that, of that out there because of how old the building is, 
whether you talk about the John Lewis Arena, whether you talk about... And I know the Garden is still an old building, but they've redone the place now. You tell me, from the playoffs last year, do you think the Garden sounds the same as it did back when the Rangers were, you know, before the Garden was remodeled? I don't know. I mean, I do like the new Garden. I miss the old one because it was one of those last ones from that era. But uh, I do think... I mean, I feel like it sounds the same, and I always feel like people get into, you know, when it even comes to something like Yankee Stadium, oh, does it sound the same and does it sound the way it used to? And it's like, well, if a big moment happens, or in the Rangers' case, if a big goal scored, if they win a series at home, it's going to sound as loud as it used to. And I think, uh, you know, it's the moments that make it. And as long as it's, you know, not the Islanders going up 2 nothing or 3 nothing in the first period, it should sound the way it used to. Yeah, and, and we're going to find this out. I just feel the, the National Coliseum, you know, just being in there, I've been in a few other buildings for playoff games, and you're right. The way they build these buildings now, I don't think there's much of a home ice advantage. I still think there's a few where you get it. And and the National Coliseum has been loud this year. I know they're coming out of the woodwork because the team has been good, and it's the last year. I'm a little interested to know if the Islanders would be like they have been the last two years, would people be filling the National Coliseum because it's the last year? I'm not so sure of it. I think this is more the fact that the team is playing excellent hockey. But I think when that building is jammed, it is tough to play. And you ask those Pittsburgh Penguin players from two years ago, they're going to tell you, they, didn't, they never saw the place like that before. And they're going to see, you know, teams are going to see it again come in April. I feel like for Islanders fans, or at least for you, because, you know, you've, you've been aboard and, and you've been with them through the bad times, and now that they're finally the good times are here, you get to, you know, you get to live through that, and you earn that, and you uh, you earn the right to cheer for them as, as their first place halfway through the season, but it's almost like you're you're a fan of a band that you saw a lot of times in, like, little bars and nightclubs, and now they're touring around uh, stadiums and arenas, and do you get a little hostile towards the fans that are coming out of the word work, or you don't care, and you're just happy that the Islanders are back and relevant again? You know, I try not to get caught up in that stuff. That is a very good analogy, Neil. I like that because I know what you mean. Because I used to, you know, listen, we all have these stories. I went to Nassau Coliseum when I was 17, 18, 19 years old watching Zygmunt Palsy and Brian Smolinski and, you know, uh, and these guys, you know, NXT show playing goal. I thought he was the next Patrick Waugh, you know. So I was at the Coliseum for nights like that. And then we had that little surge with the Michael Pecker and Alexi Yashin years where they made the playoffs a few times, went back into the low, which was a very good low because they ended up getting them John Tavares. So now they're kind of rising again. And it's going to be weird because it is the last year, and they're going to be playing at the Barclays Center next year. A move that I, I agree with, I think it's a good thing for the organization, that they're going to be in Brooklyn next year because there's a lot of other places that they could have been. But it is going to be a little sad, and, and I don't like it. I'm glad people are coming out. Uh, the people of Long Island and Nassau County and Suffolk County, uh, a lot of them do love that team. And the fact that the Islanders are having such a good year and have the chance to send this building out with a little bit of a bang, I think it's a good thing. Well, uh, I was going to touch on that point next and the fact that this is the last year of the Coliseum and they head to Brooklyn, and um, and it seems like, yeah, you are on board with that and you, you seem to enjoy that because the alternatives were uh, other parts of the country and, and that wouldn't have uh, that wouldn't have been uh, good for you and, and, and fellow Islanders fans. But the Brooklyn thing, I mean, for them to build the Barclays and not be able to, uh, you know, handle uh, ice surface and, and to make it accessible for hockey just seems ridiculous because... You look at these pictures, and I don't know if you went to any of those games that happened there, but to see the scoreboard over one of the blue lines and one, you know, end of the ice has no seats until like you know fifty feet in the air. The whole thing just it just looks out of whack. Yeah, I was at the uh, I went to the first 
preseason game, which was not this October, the October before, uh, the September before. I mean, uh, two years ago I went to the first Barclays game. Uh, listen, I'm not going to lie. They've got some work to do. I personally don't have a problem with the scoreboard. Who cares if the scoreboard isn't over center ice? You could, I mean, geez, Neil, you could see the scoreboard. What's the difference? The thing about the one end of the rink where you can't see the net if you're standing, I know you've probably been to the Barclays Center maybe for hoops or whatever, and you come in the front door there where, where you know, you would look down, you, you, wouldn't see the, you, you wouldn't see the net. I mean, it's just to have that big open space there. But listen, the arena was built for basketball. It's a basketball arena that uh, they've modified it as much as they can for hockey. I think they're going to modify it a little bit more before the Islanders play their first regular season game there in October. Um, I just think it's great because the political footballing that went on with that organization, the, the politicians kicked the Islanders around for so many years. And I grew up on Long Island. I'm from Long Island. I obviously didn't want the team to leave Long Island. But I don't care if they were Republicans or Democrats. They screwed the Islander fans, all of them, the way they treated that organization and that piece of property. And the best thing for the Islanders was to get the hell out of there. Get out of Nassau County. They've done it. I know that there's 4,000 obstructed seats at the Barclays Center. Listen, I mean, go there, have fun. It's going to be a good time. The Islanders are going to have a good team. They've got some star players in John Tavares and a few other guys. I'm going to be just fine. Get a seat where you can see. Go walk around. Hang on the concourse. Watch the game. The Islanders are staying in New York. You shouldn't care. Have fun. <laughs> Well, the thing about the Coliseum that I like so much is that it's, uh, you know, it's so old school. Still has that, you know, that one walkway. Still has where you come out of the tunnel and the stairs are right behind you to go up to your section. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing... You have to wait 50 minutes to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> but I have been to Barclays. Uh, I actually haven't been to any basketball there. I saw Pearl Jam there twice, and that's it. But, I mean, it's a great place. It was at least a great place to see a concert. And uh, it's really tightly, you know, it's tightly packed. It's steep. It almost reminds you of... Uh, the old Yankee Stadium or Shea Stadium upper decks, and uh, it is a great place, and, and I think it will be good for hockey. It's good that they're not leaving and they're staying in New York, and um, it's good that it's a more accessible stadium for fans who want to travel. You know, whether uh, it's on the subway or public transportation, that you know. It, uh, but to not have them on the island anymore, to ha- not have them out of Nassau, it is, it's going to be weird, and it's going to take probably a couple years to get used to. Uh, it's definitely going to take a while to get used to. Um, I've been thinking about it a little bit, man. It's- you know, I'm going to be taking a train to get to Islander games now. You know, it's, a, it's, it's very strange because I grew up 10 minutes from the place. You know, whether it was when I was a kid getting dropped off there or driving there over the past 10 years or 15 years, whatever it is, it was always so close. And you always knew that if you wanted to go to an Islander game, it was accessible, it was easy. Um, not that it's not going to be now, it's just going to be different. You know, you got to put a little more planning into it, you got to look up a train time. You got up, but hey, I've always said this. If the Ranger fans in Nassau and Suffolk County could take a train to Madison Square Garden to see the Rangers, then the Islander fans in Nassau and Suffolk County could take a Long Island Railroad train to the Barclays Center. Same thing, you walk out of the train, you walk upstairs, and you're at the game. So there are, there are no excuses in my eyes, Neil, why people can't go to these games. Well, I think you'll have a lot more hipster fans now like the Nets do. Well, what, what, what I'm interested for is, I mean, the Nets have been there for a couple years now, when the Islanders get in there and we fill the place up and we have a big Islander-Ranger game, I'm interested to see how loud the place can actually get because God knows it doesn't get loud when the Nets are playing. I mean, you, you know, in that place, you can hear a pin drop in the Barclays Center when the Nets are playing. So I'm looking to see how you get in that building on a full-time basis 
And before we judge what a bad building it is for hockey or any of that thing, let's play a couple months of regular season games in the Barclays Center, and then let's make a judgment of how good or bad it is for the fans. I agree, and I hope that they don't do anything stupid and, like, uh, change the logo or anything to the name or anything like that. Well, piss me off, Neil. Now you found an area that I'm not going to be happy with. If, if they go in there and I see, a, you know, uh, a net-inspired black-and-white NY jersey or anything <laughs> like that that they're going to be wearing, I'm going to have a problem. Now, you've seen the jerseys that they kind of wear on Saturdays now. It's their third jersey they wore in the stadium series against the, uh, the Rangers last year, which is that kind of that... That uh, that blue with the NY without the island under it. You've seen that jersey? Yeah, yeah. I I, I think that that's going to become their standard jersey once they get there. Ah, uh, that's, that's uh, a shame. Gonna, yeah, I think that they're going to, you know, I think they're going to take that island out of the bottom. They're still going to have the NY with the stick, but I think they're going to go to that color blue. So I do think they are going to modify it slightly. I don't mind that that jersey they got now as a third jersey. I, but as a traditional Islander fan, I do want them to keep the colors. They stupidly went away from them with the fish stick era, <laughs> and then they wore some other things, but they've gone back to it here over the last few years. It would be nice if they stayed with it. I don't know if that's going to happen, though. That one jersey they have, that, it's sort of reminds me of the fish stick. Right. What was that? <laughs> no nut black and white. That'll no. piss me off. <laughs> well, that one jersey they have that's sort of like the fish stick uh, era is that one that's like black and it says Islanders across the front, and that thing is just disgusting. Ah, uh, that's a hideous, that's a hideous sweater, Neil. They, thankfully, they put that one in the can after a year or two. They couldn't, uh. They weren't going to go too long with that one. No, and the uh, in with their jerseys and stuff, you know, I, I missed the Rangers old one with the Liberty on the front because I, I actually like that. I, and I, I feel like most people did like that, and they just went away with it, and now they wear that uh, sort of, like, heritage vintage one, which I'm not the biggest fan of. Yeah, I'd rather uh, they just might as well I don't, keep I don't, it. I don't like that one that they wear now with that uh, the darker blue with, uh, with like you say, it's kind of like got that vintage, uh, kind of like their old whites with uh, across the body like that. I like the Liberty. I thought that, that that was a nice shirt for the Rangers. They should go back to that, Neil. you got to talk to somebody over at the Garden. <laughs> well, the other thing I want to talk about, and you sort of uh, alluded to it earlier, is about how scary the uh, the idea of a potential Rangers-Islanders playoff series would be. And it sort of reminds me of, uh, you know, Yankees-Red Sox. Uh, it seems like whenever they meet in the playoffs, and now they haven't in 10 years, but when it was happening frequently at, at the beginning of the last decade, it, all Red Sox fans wanted it to happen because – it didn't matter if they lost, and if they lost, uh, they were supposed to lose, and, and if they won, it was the greatest thing ever, and that's what ended up happening. And as Yankees fans, you know, it was it was the most devastating uh, moment of my sports life, and I would never wish that upon anyone else. But to have them meet again, even in the future now, I wouldn't even want that. It's, it's almost like there's nothing that good can come from it, because when you're supposed to win, if you don't win, it's, it's awful, and, it, and when you do win, there's no real satisfaction there, and I feel like that's almost what would happen with the Rangers-Islanders thing, because then we'd get into what we had a couple years ago with the Giants and the Jets, and the Jets singing they're the king of the city because they went to the AFC title game, but uh, yeah, it just seems like while it would be great for those two weeks and hopefully a seven-game series, uh, I think the, the bad definitely outweighs the good if the Rangers were to lose that series. Oh, are you kidding me? Especially nowadays, Neil, can you imagine if we had Twitter like it is now with those 03 and 04 Yankee Red Sox <laughs> playoff teams? Can you even imagine what would go on on Twitter? I mean, you look around now, people just going crazy. It's so much different now having the social media aspect of it. And, and both bands are scared. And if you're 
Ranger fan, you're a big brother. You don't want to get knocked out in the first round by the New or in the second round by the New York Islanders because the fans will kill you. You can't take it. I'm with you. It was torture when the Red Sox beat the Yankees in 04. It was the worst thing ever. Not only did they beat us, it was freaking up 3 0. It was the most miserable week of my life. And then after that, it was just terrible. And the Ranger fans, I can understand the worry because that's a good hockey team. It's not going to be 94 Neil. Not going to be 94. I know the Rangers. They're both good squads. And just imagine, in 94, I mean, I was 14 at the time, so I was in junior high, whatever it was, and the Ranger fans were relentless. I mean, they were the other kids in school and everything else. They were killing the Islander fans because, ah, oh, we destroyed you. I mean, the Rangers swept them in four games. I think they beat them 6 nothing every game, Neil. I mean, it was, it was embarrassing the way... The Islanders slapped the uh, the Rangers slapped the Islanders around the '94 playoffs, but that won't happen this year. I mean, this is going to be if this happens, and I honestly believe with every bone in my body, it's going to happen this year. If the Islanders and Rangers play, uh, the excitement in this town will be off the charts, and they will play a six or a seven game series. Nobody's getting smacked around when these two teams play. No, definitely not. And I think the best thing. To come from all this was, uh, you know, going back to a little over a year at this point, I was nervous that before the Lundquist extension got taken care of, that he would see, you know, the Islanders with their youth and their talent and maybe a better, longer future and a better chance or more chances to win the Cup, that he might, you know, hold out and, and wait for more money and, and, and end up in Brooklyn as the face of the team as they move to a new building. But thankfully, uh, thankfully, we didn't get that. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit last year, I remember, and and I thought it was a little bit of a pipe dream. There was a couple of Islander, you know, fans and other other Islander, you know, media types that were kind of floating the idea out there that, oh, well, Lundqvist is going to be a free agent. Islanders are going to have some money. Listen, Henrik Lundqvist was never, ever going to leave the Rangers for the New York Islanders. Never. All right? Henrik Lundqvist is the guy. He knows the game. I respect Lundqvist more than anybody. The guy knows the game well. Uh, he would never do that to the Ranger fan base. He, he knows how much the fan base thinks of him. He knows what he means in this town. He would not, not saying it's a bad thing to leave the Rangers and go to the Islanders, but I'm saying it's a bad thing for a guy who's had the kind of history with the Rangers that Henry Blomquist has had. For him to go and walk to the other side of town, he would have been hated forever by Ranger fans. Would you, would you have hated him forever, yes or no? You know, I really wouldn't because, I, I mean, it would suck because he, he's been so great for them for a decade, but the way they've, you know, sort of fucked around with his prime, and, and for so many years they gave him a bad team around him, and he was responsible for all their success, I could understand because, you know, he would be in his mid to late 30s uh, for this long contract, which he's currently in now, and with the Islanders' youth, you know, stacking high picks for so long, I mean, they're better set for the long term than the Rangers are, uh, unless, um, you know, the Rangers somehow find a way to retool over these next couple of years as their big contracts are off. But I wouldn't be mad at him. I mean, he would go where he could to win. Don't let Ranger fans hear you say that, Neil. God forbid. <laughs> do, not let it, do not let Ranger fans hear you say that the Islanders are more set up for the long term than them. Well, they will I mean, not like that, Neil. Well, I think right now the Rangers' window, I mean, they're currently in a window that's been going on for the last three years, and I don't really know how much more time it has. And when you look at what happened in the in the Cup Final, and, and they had a chance, they had every chance to win that series, despite it only going five games. It, it felt like a longer series than that, and they could have won games one and two. They should have won five. 
Um, and you think about what it took them to get there, you know, winning a game seven against the Flyers, coming back against the Penguins, uh, you know, beating the Canadians but needing Price to get hurt, and then all the bad bounces in the in overtimes. But to get back there is so hard, and you need so many things to go your way. It's almost like, you know, hitting a perfect uh, 16-team parlay on an NFL Sunday, and I just don't know. You, you, you'll never know when the next time you get back there. I mean, it could be 20 more years till they get back there. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I, I think there are some young pieces on this Ranger team. Um, I, I don't I don't think the window's closing as, as quickly as you make it sound, but you're right. It's so hard to get back there, and the Rangers could finish first in the Metro this year. They could have 110 points, but if they get knocked out in the first round, and it, forget it even if it's not the Islanders. Let's say they lose to the Penguins in the first round. Let's say they lose to Washington. The season will be nowhere near what it was last year. And, and that's the tough thing. When you, when you go as far as you do, um, it's so hard to get back there uh, that no matter what happens, anything less than the Rangers making the Stanley Cup Finals this year is not going to be a success because of what happened last year. And, and not that's only the tough that, part I think, about, I think anything yeah. less than winning it because when you get there and you lose, you, there's only one more yeah. logical step. Yeah, no, you're right. That, that's true. And, and it kind of sets up the other thing. Uh, you know, for this Eastern Conference, I've been a guy, and, and I know you, you see me on Twitter and I do this. You know, I think the Blackhawks and the L.A. Kings are so head and shoulders above everybody else in the NHL right now. I don't think it matters um, who they play in the Western Conference playoffs. It, I don't care. The Sharks, the Ducks, the Blue, these teams are all frauds, Neil. They all are. <laughs> and, the, and, the King, and the Kings and the Blackhawks will once again have an epic Western Conference final for the third year in a row, and the winner of that series will probably win the Stanley Cup again. But if you look at the Eastern Conference, and kind of like last year, the Rangers got out of it, but at the start of the playoffs last year, were the Rangers like the, the hands-down pick to go to the Stanley Cup Finals? No, I actually picked them to go. But you could take six, seven, or eight teams in the East right now today on January 12th and say, I could see any of them playing in the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't care if it's the Islanders, the Rangers, the Penguins, Tampa Bay, Montreal, Detroit. Uh, you know, you, the list goes on and on. Would you really be surprised if any of those teams were in the Stanley Cup Finals? Oh, no, not at all. And I think that just, I mean, the the NHL is so tight right now, especially the East, and there's really only a couple teams that are so bad and so well out of it that they have no shot this season. But like you said, I mean, this is a top-heavy thing where, I mean, it, 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 the entire field in the Eastern Conference could probably represent the East in the final this year. And, I, and you haven't been able to say that for a long time, and I think last year everyone sort of just assumed it would be the Bruins before the Canadians knocked them out. But this year it's not that case, and the Bruins have their own issues. But uh, – Parity in the NHL is, a, is at an all-time best, and I think a lot of it has to do with the three-point games that are going on because they seem to be happening a lot more uh, this year than they have in forever. It's crazy. The three-point game has changed the NHL, like you say, in terms of parity-wise over the last few years. Um, I know there's nothing they could do about it. They love, you know, they, the fans love the shootout. They do. And, and they got to find a way, I think, to adjust it because it's crazy now. I mean, I think last year, I could be wrong on this. I don't have it in front of me. I think seven out of the eight teams in the Western Conference had more than 100 points last year. You know, and the East and the West are both trending that way once again. If you were getting 100 points, was actually like something that was important in the NHL. If you had a 100-point season, man, you had a really good hockey club. Last year in the West, the sixth and seventh and the eighth team all had 100 points. It's crazy now with these three-point games. Howdy is wild. 
Um, a bunch of teams can get into it. I mean, you, you get 95, 96 points in the NHL now. You're, you're finishing 10th in the conference. I mean, that's kind of silly, but I don't know how you change it. I mean, they're not yeah. getting rid of the shootout. They're not getting rid of it. They, the fans love it. I, the, the, you know, a lot of media people hate it, but let's be honest. When the shootout starts at the end of overtime, the whole entire building is standing up. You know it. You've been there. I've been there. We've seen it. The fans love it. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it has changed the game, and I guess sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. And, and it definitely always seems like the worst when you're wagering on the games because there's nothing worse than grinding out a shootout. <laughs> it always goes back to gambling, Neil. It always does. <laughs> well, Carver, we got uh, we got Rangers-Islanders Tuesday, and then we got him two weeks from Tuesday. Then we got him February, and then again in March. So, uh, you know, in this next month, we're going to see it three times between now and the end of the season, four more times. It should all be good, and hopefully we line up and we get that playoff series. But uh, thanks for coming on today. We'll talk again in two weeks uh, when they meet again, and then hopefully this season series is even by then. Neil, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun couple of weeks. I mean, man, we just spent, you know, half an hour. We didn't even talk about some of the guys in the town. I mean, good years. I mean, the honest, we didn't talk about Letty and Boychuk coming aboard and changing the team. Yao Halak. Being in there now, we've got guys like John Ryan Strom having a huge year. We didn't even get to the guys that are doing it for the Isles down here, so we'll do that in two weeks, okay? All right, Mike, thanks again. All right, buddy, you got it.